I'm Catherine Zox, your social worker with a microphone, and you're listening to The Catherine Zox Show. Joining me today is author and entrepreneur, Shomi Bukola Shomide. Uh, her, we are going to be talking about her new doll, Shami, the computer science doll. Entrepreneur Bukola Shomide introduces Shami, the computer scientist. This beautiful, interactive, bright African-American doll focuses on exposing kids to computer science concepts in a fun way. Her aim is to engage, educate, and inspire children everywhere. The Sami doll also touches on cyberbullying to bring awareness of what it is and to then encourage better online conduct. This interactive STEM doll also uses real-life situations to explain coding terminology to children. Shomi Day has worked for big, giant techs like Intel. She's worked in the IT industry for 17 years and throughout her career recalls being the only black person or black woman on the software department development team. After years of success in her field, her her vision is to help increase the number of minority girls thriving in the computer science industry. Welcome to the show. Nice to have you on, Bicola. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm glad to be here. Yeah, a very, for me, it's a very unique topic. And for someone who IT is just something that I don't understand. So this is maybe a challenge for you. Um, <laughs> my, my first question is, how did this all evolve? How did the doll evolve? I get it. You were in the business for 17 years. You're a black woman. You want to get these girls involved and, and uh, get them involved in IT, which is something traditionally they have not done. Women in general, I don't think, get into to IT and engineering. So where did it all start for you? Yes. Okay. So thanks for that question. Um, for me, uh, well, of course, you, as you said, my background so eloquently, um, I got to a point where I felt so unfulfilled in my life and I just had this incessant desire. I needed to give back to the community in a way that truly resonated with me. So I wanted to, that's why I got on this mission to help increase this number of um, underrepresented youth that are actually thriving in this space, not just existed in it. But I realized quickly that I needed to target them younger. So the high school, elementary schoolers and middle schoolers. So I started to think, okay, what kind of products and service can I create? One, it has to be entertaining to help grab their attention. And of course, add the educational piece to it. Some of the pain points that I've seen when I did my internal research is that, one, underrepresented youth might see computer science as, one, boring, you know, and yeah. two, they might see it also as complex. So they're kind of in, in, intimidated by it, and sometimes they just feel like they're not even smart enough to do it. Like, oh, this is not for me. I'm not smart enough. And I want to debunk that, you know. And third, um, lack of relatable mentors. So if you're interested in something, but there's, <laughs> there's no one around you that you could truly look up to or reach out to that truly understand you, it, it might not help build your confidence or inspire you or make you believe that you can do it. So with this product, so that's how I came up with the Shami the Computer Scientist character who embodies this image of an underrepresented child who is interested in learning computer programming concepts. And her mom is her mentor, so her mom is a software engineer. So I started off with the storybook. Um, so I have a storybook out that's a Computer Scientist, subtitled Princess Can Code. Um, and in the book, 
you know, she, she, kids get to enjoy, of course, her story. I have everything about birthdays and cakes, stuff that kids love. But, of course, I inject the um, educational piece of it. And I do it in a way that's fun, how she's interacting with her mom, but also seeing these concepts, computer science concepts around her. So just to give you an example, uh, for uh, when her mom and her were crossing the street, she looks up at the traffic light and she notices, okay, the traffic light switches from red, yellow, green, and back to red. And then she ties it back to the computer programming concepts of loops. And she, she then, then she asks her mom about it, like, oh, this is just like loops in computer science. And her mom confirms it. And I do this on purpose to kind of have kids start to tie in computer science concepts with just basic things in your everyday world. So just to demystify it so it doesn't seem so intimidating. Um, so that's kind of how I started. And then I, kept, I just keep thinking, okay, well, I need more innovative ways um, to teach you this concept in a fun manner. And I just thought of the doll. I feel like the Lord gives me these ideas. I was like, dolls are fun. And, you know, little young girls love to play with dolls. How about um, she has a voiceover um, piece that uh, then speaks and she teaches this concept. And that's how the this interactive um, co- uh, computer science Xiaomi doll was born. Um, so, yeah, when kids interact with her, she's about 14 inches tall, has uh, two buns with um, white bows, has side braids with beads on it, and she wears a white T-shirt that reads Princess Can't Code. Um, she has, like, a purple pants and also heart-shaped knee patches and pink shoes. So when they p- push the button in the back and she speaks, she speaks over 220 words, and it's embedded in, like, 12 different phrases. And so she says things like algorithm, and she gives the definition, and, again, she gives that um, example to tie it into everyday life. So, for example, algorithm is a list of steps to complete a task, such as the things you do to get ready for bed at night. But I made sure that it, it, she says it in a fun and exciting way to engage the kids. And, um, yes, and I also have activity books as well to drive those knowledge in. Um, so activity books from, like, 17 activity um, sheets in it. And um, I use, like, crossword puzzles, tracing, grid games, just to make it exciting and to drive some of these concepts in. I'm so it's not only it's you're educating, you're inspired, you're educating, as you say, you're educating, you're inspiring. But I think the key thing here is, is particularly for learning, obviously, not just for kids, but for adults is tying it into real life situations like that. You know, the example yeah. you give, you're out walking with whomever, your mom or whoever it is, and being able to point out this is how the streetlights work. I mean, all those kinds of examples, I think, are, are, are really, uh, you know, what makes it possible to to learn this stuff, at least uh, at least in my book. And I was thinking something else. The kids are also used to probably listening to Siri too, right? And so they kind of... Yes. Yeah. Uh, it's not totally unfamiliar when they have this. It's a STEM doll. Um, so mm-hmm. that makes it also something that they're familiar with, I would assume. Yes. Mm-hmm. I agree. You know, so uh, compared to my day and age when I got to learn, so my background, how I even got into computer science, in 10th grade, this was back in the late 90s, (laughs) (laughs) I learned about computer science. But all I knew was, oh, I love science, and computers are the way of the future. I'm going to pursue computer science. I had no clue what computer science really was. I didn't know programming even existed. So when I got to 12th grade and I was about to go to college, you know, my dad, you know, came to me and was like, okay, what do you want to study? You know, he had all these ideas, and I told him computer science. And he's like, what's that? I couldn't even tell him what it was. So he had to go to the library, yes, the old-fashioned way, because <laughs> there was no search engines back then. 
he went to the library to do the research. And then he came back to me and he was like, you know what? They make money, so you can do it. <laughs> so that's why I was able to like, okay, let me start computer science. But the key um, po- uh, part in my journey, um, I went to the University of Maryland College Park, and they have this bridge program that helps minorities majoring in computer, math, and physical sciences to, you know, transition from, you know, high school to college and also to retain them in the majors so they don't drop out. And that program was really like pivotal for me because before I went into freshman year that summer, they had us come in and actually take classes. That was the first time I took a programming course. It was C programming. And how many, I'm going to interrupt you there because how many women or young women, how many young women were in that class at that time? Were you the only one? I mean, you, you said when you worked in the, I wasn't. Yeah, no, I wasn't the only one. Um, in this program, uh, in this program, first of all, it's just a small program, right, with just minorities in it. Um, but I was the only one. I think in my particular computer science field, some of them were pursuing engineering fields, but for computer science, it was probably about, like, uh, three, four of us that were in that program during my year. So I was a class of 99. Um, and, yeah, so when I learned about it, you know, I was like, oh, my God, this is, like, a completely different world. But when I got to get my program to work. Like the first time I pr- wrote a project using C programming, there was this gratification I got like, oh my God, I just created something from scratch that actually worked. And that's when the light bulb went off in my head and I just kind of fell in love with it and I stuck with it. However, just for those that are listening that want to pursue this, I did want to quit in junior year. I really did. I was kind of burnt out and I was like, I'm done. I want to switch my majors, even though it was kind of late in the game. Um, but I thank God for the support system I had. So my dad, I went to my dad, and also my bridge counselor. So they're the ones that encouraged me to stay in it, and I'm glad they did. Yeah. So when you say you were burnt out, because this would be helpful for people, for young people to hear, like, what was it? I mean, you had the support of your dad, you had the support of your bridge counselors, but at the same time, you're thinking, I, I just, I've had enough of this. But what would you do differently, maybe to prevent that burnout? I mean, is there anything else you could inject into the curriculum? Um, do you know what? What I've realized, um, by the time I got to uh, senior year, my computer science department at um, College Park, they actually changed the curriculum. <laughs> so I'm like, wow, they changed it when I was done because it was very challenging. Like we started off with, you, you mean, I know this is a C programming, then C++, then Java. It, I mean, it's not easy, just like any other field, right? It was really challenging. Our projects were tough, took hours of programs to get things done. Um, so what they did, they now switched it up where the entry-level course um, was a much easier, I say friendlier, friendlier. <laughs> language to learn. Yeah, so, so to kind of ease people in, because initially in my time, they called it, that introductory course was the weed out course is what they called it. Like people dropped out of the major before they even continued because that course was like just the determining factor. But they simplified it over time. I'm sure they've changed it since then. So here you are. You did stay in, which is a good thing, obviously. You graduate. (laughs) Then what happens? Now you have to get a job. Here you are, this young black woman, IT, new field. How'd you do that? How'd you manage that? Yeah, um, just uh, connections. I had, you know, I really relied a lot on my peer network because honestly, I didn't have like a mentor in the industry to really guide me. So it's more so just my peers talking amongst my peers. Like, oh, what are you doing? You know, this and that. Oh, 
what um, Erica's computer science is big, right? There are different fields or areas to do. Computer science is not all about coding. That's one thing I also want to demystify. It's not just about coding. You know, there are other areas of computer science that somebody might have more of a gift in for, like handling the database end of it, you know, not just the front end. And there's the, there's the web design aspect of it, too. Folks that love graphic designing, drawing, you know, you can just do that. I don't have to code as well. So um, there are different career paths. So I really just relied on my peer network, um, you know, and also I did have references that I used when I was getting jobs. And, yeah, the thing to do is, like, every two years, you should try to look for another opportunity just to continue to improve, you know, get into companies that had um, opportunities to grow, you know, was kind of the goal. So that's what I've pretty much been doing um, uh, throughout. Uh, I initially was in Maryland, and then I moved out here to Phoenix, Arizona. So that's currently where I am right now in Arizona. And then, of course, I got to the point, <laughs> like I told you back in my story, when I was just feeling unfulfilled, and then I birthed this um idea. And then I've come to a point where now I'm working for myself in my company in other technologies. Now, working for yourself and being an entrepreneur, that's a whole different ball game, I'm assuming, than working for Intel <laughs> or one of those companies, right? I mean, it's a whole, yeah. So, t- you know, tell us it about is. that. Yeah, because uh, that... I- I'm learning. Yeah. Well, good. I'm learning. Um, you know, um, I was driven by purpose, you see, and I believe I've been able to withstand a lot of the challenges that came with having to manufacture a doll. One, I don't have any background, as you can see, in um, manufacturing or even dolls. I haven't worked in companies that were in toys, you know. But when I got this idea, because it was purpose-driven, like I'm creating this to serve a need, you know, there was just this fire inside me because I knew I'm, I'm... I don't have to be the person pouring the mold and putting the doll together. I'm just the steward of this vision. I can go out there and find those vendors, those resources that I need to make this come together. And that's what I did. So I'm just the one that's the steward of the vision. Of course, I use my innate talents on, you know, designing the character, coming up with the storyline. Um, the voiceover box. Here's one little uh, uh, secret, I should say. Um, I actually record, that's actually my voice on the voiceover box. So what happened is I actually interviewed, you know, a couple of kids to see if they could say it the way I wanted them to, but they didn't hit it quite right because I, I believe that inflection in your voice helps to add meaning. So the way you say a phrase, it's not just straight and mundane, but if you go up and down, inflection adds meaning. So I ended up doing the voiceover myself, but I had my um, vocal recordings auto-tuned <laughs> to sound younger. So it actually sounds great. It looks, sounds like a little kid on the, on the doll, but actually I ended up having to do that. So those are the kind of skill sets I've had to tap into. So, I, you know, as an entrepreneur, you do have to wear many hats. It just comes with the territory. You do have to wear many hats in the beginning until you start to maybe, you know, hire and offload some of those responsibilities. So some of the challenges I face with manufacturing, this is the first time I'm doing it, you know, it was a learning process for me. It was frustrating for me. Um, but, you know, um, you know, because I was purpose-driven, I had to remind myself why I'm doing this. People were encouraged and inspired by what I was doing. So them just giving me feedback, they don't understand how that encourages me and empowers me that, oh, my God, what I'm doing is actually making a difference. I'm not just wasting my time. And it helped me to push through those barriers. Yeah, so you need a support system to be able to do this, and and as you said, you also developed a lot of other skills as a voice actor. Actually, that's what it is—a voice actor, as you're saying. Mm-hmm. But do you ever have it? Do you call it? Do you have this? I don't want to 
put it in, in, in the negative exactly, but is there a fear that some of these big toy companies can come in and just take over and do what you're doing? Is that something that is an issue or not? So this is it. I've gotten a lot of people say, did she patent it? Did she patent it? Yeah. <laughs> like, so people are scared for me. And I understand that risk because this is all risk. So I am PMP certified. That's project management professional. And part of project management is risk mitigation. So there are risks involved. And what can you do? The things that are in your control absolutely do those things. So, for example, you know, uh, my, my brand is trademarked. So the Shami, the computer scientist logo, it is trademarked. Um, and two, honestly, you can't, re- the only way to really say, um, stop big companies from trying to do stuff like this is after they do it, you fight it in court. It's really how it is. So do your due diligence. I, my stuff is copyrighted. The voiceovers are copyrighted. My books are copyrighted. You know, I have the trademark, you know, and I, I looked into patents. I did, but when, um, and by the end of my research, you know, I was advised that, no, there's nothing really so different that I could really patent about this. So I'm like, you know what, that's fine. So honestly, I don't believe the big companies would do that if they're listening right now. I don't think they will. Um, but, yeah, that's, those are the things I've had to put in place. But like I said, if big companies do do that, at least do the part that you can do, and you may have to just fight it, fight it out in court if you can, if you have a case about that. Um, but what I'm doing right now, like being on your show, is just establishing that presence, establishing that source, like we created this. Um, I have lots of uh, P- uh, PR articles out there to just um, show that evidence that we are the source and we are the original creators of this. So, yes. Yeah. So you do what you can. I mean, uh, everything. And it sounds like you've done everything yeah. or most everything you can to protect yourself legally. What about the kids themselves? I mean, what kind? Let talk about. Tell me about like when you have first introduced this doll, this STEM doll, to the kids, to the ones that you're, you know, that this is for, and and your reaction and their reaction. What I love so much. So, for example, it took me about uh, three years, right, to really produce this. So initially, um, I um, got the concept idea in 2017, and that's when I actually did the research to find, okay, who can I use to help me create this? And then in 2018, after I published my first book, I started, officially started the process of manufacturing the doll. So by 2019 is when I introduced it to the world that I actually started a crowdfunding campaign to help me kind of manufacture the rest of it. So that's when I first introduced it out in um public domain um so but i was collecting since then since 2019 i've been collecting pre-orders right so for 2019 to 2021 it it was a frustrating process you know having to manage um um, you know my customers expectations keep them up to date but what i loved is by by the time this was done so this was late last year 2021 that i finally fulfilled all those pre-orders and the kind of feedback i got were like you know, it was worth the wait, you know, and that excites me, you know, and when the kids play with it, it's like, wow, you know, she's smart and beautiful, just like me. And that's a message I want to send to them. You know, like you remember that pain point about, oh, computer science is complex. I may not feel smart enough. I'm trying to debunk that by saying you are smart enough. As long as you have a brain, that's working. You are <laughs> 
smart enough to do this and to learn this. So that's what I'm, I'm, I'm receiving. So I've gotten some videos from, you know, customers, just the kids, just their eyes light up and they're just so excited and they just love playing with the doll. So that's the kind of reactions I've been getting. So I don't know if we actually said this or you said it, but what about what was the age? What's the age range for these dolls? Yeah, so the doll is five up, five and up, and the books as well. So essentially, this is like the perfect uh, a companion piece, a helper, especially for teachers, um, K through four teachers, and also for home, for those that are homeschooling as well. So kids from K through four can utilize our doll and as well as our storybook and activity books. Well, you've kind of changed the uh, sort of paradigm, I don't know what you would call it, but for, for for dolls. Because for a while, they, you know, it's like girls shouldn't get dolls because dolls are too passive and, and, and doll, we want to, you know, <laughs> be able to compete with the boys. And so let's get rid of the dolls. So mm-hmm. now we're back to dolls, but a very different kind of doll, a smart doll, a STEM doll, uh, something that I guess boys can play with as well. Yes, yes. There might still be a little bias there, but yes, yeah. there are some parents actually there's a parent that actually bought it for her son as well. So, you know, some parents are still a little leery about that. But absolutely. Girls play with boy dolls all the time and action <laughs> figures, you know. So that's a a bit of a bias I guess we have to break. But absolutely, what you just said, you hit the nail on the head. Um I recently saw this research by a big toy company, um, where they were re emphasizing the, you know, doll play and why it's important to building you know, emotional intelligence, which is key, which is important. Um, and, you know, the, the, their pain point was like, okay, parents see dolls as not educational, just like you're, what you're saying. So I'm like, oh, my gosh, this is perfect because down in the computer sciences, our interactive computer sciences doll, like, ties in both of that, those. One, she, you know, helps with that doll play and building that emotional and social skill because that's what they're saying with the kids, having to create characters and speaking, like they're talking to the doll and everything, but also there's this educational piece to it. So parents can, um, you know, rest assured that their uh, child is getting some kind of education out of this. How expensive are they? I mean, are they available to, are they, I mean, toys in general are expensive. And of course, I guess they're more expensive now from, you know, as a result of inflation and everything that's happening. So how does that fit into like, you know, sales and stuff. How how expensive is it to purchase just one of these dolls? You said expensive. Let's let's say affordable. How affordable? Affordable. That's a better word. How affordable? Okay, let's. <laughs> that's a better word. So yes. right now, yeah. yeah. So right now on our online store, we are um, selling it right now with free shipping. It's at eighty nine dollars with free shipping. So when they go to our store, they can get that with a free shipping. $89 sounds pretty good. It does sound affordable considering, I, I mean, I, I'm thinking about Legos and all the other stuff that's out there that's uh, certainly in that ballpark and much more expensive. So, yeah, affordable. Um, so what about <laughs> – uh, now, what is next step? Other books to add to the whole series? Is, is that, you know, is that in the, in, in the, um, in the making, I guess, is the question? Thank you for asking that. Um, absolutely. I do want to build out the Shaman Computer Scientist Storybook Series, um, and the goal is to actually a- animate them. So I want educational programming ca- cartoons, just like you watch on Netflix, you know. So I want my stories animated. Um, and also I'm going to go to gamification. So gamification is pretty much 
um, when you take education and um, gamify it you know, put it in the game because, uh, you know, I understand that kids love to play their video games uh, or mobile games, um, but there, there's educational um, piece aspect to it. So I'm going to gamify some of this computer science concept, and this could also be used in the classroom as well because I, I have a daughter that's seven years old, and I know that sometimes, you know, when they have downtime or what have you, there are certain gamification tools that they use to kind of keep them, you know, engaged. They're learning about their math while they're playing this game. So that's something I want to go into as well. So is uh, she your uh, beta tester, your seven-year-old? She's the perfect age, right? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> Right. She's, she's come along with me for this whole ride. I started writing my book when she was only two. And, you know, some of her character, so it's like the character in the book is a mesh between my personality, her personality, and also our interaction as mother-daughter is how I infused everything into the book. So she's kind of been there for me throughout this whole process. She learns a lot of the behind the scenes stuff and all the frustrations too. <laughs> so my question is a mother of three and a grandmother of three, like how are you going to feel when she wow. decides I'm going to major in English in college? <laughs> I'm just teasing. And but. <laughs> you know what? No, I want to touch on that. Absolutely. So you actually, you thought you were, you were being funny there, but you brought up a key point. You see, what I'm doing, I believe computer science is for everyone, as in it's the fundamental for everyone to learn. It doesn't mean you're going to grow up and be a software engineer. That might not be your calling. That's okay. You can have a gifting in a different area, like you said, English, I don't know, uh, any other skill set. But in this day and age, in this fast-paced digital age, I don't think anyone can deny that we need to keep up with technology. Our kids need to keep up with technology. And my goal is not just having our children be consumers of it, but to actually cultivate them to be innovators of it. I want to I wanna be able to inspire pioneers, like the next great pioneer in this IT field. I want to be able to inspire them through my Shaman Computer Scientist product. You know, so that's my goal. That's my passion. Nicole, would you say then that this would be something that you could put into a liberal arts education education it should be part of that not just english and and you know geology Absolutely. and math so at a young age or i should say even when you get to by the time you get to college this is just part of the curriculum because i think you're right or at least what i'm hearing you say is computer science would be something okay i can't do that that's something totally different i'm just going to i have a liberal arts education but that doesn't would not include computer science but it should and then you can make, have the option yes. or the choice is, is is that what you're saying Absolutely. You interact with these technologies every day already is what people don't realize. You do. You're utilizing these technologies. A lot of you are actually more tech savvy than you think, you know, especially with this, um, you know, the social media boom. I see a lot of influencers, you know what they have to do to make those edits on their videos and post them. Like, so just understanding basic fundamentals of computer science. You know, if you're going to be on the internet, just know how to govern yourself, understand it, cybersecurity, don't just put yourself out to every single thing, just understand what's going on. So that's what I believe, that's what I'm saying, it's just the fundamental, I'm not saying go take the advanced course if if you're not passionate about it or called to it, you don't have to, but just having that basic understanding of it, so I believe, so it makes you a more well-rounded person. Yeah, I think that's great, we have to add, we have one minute left, we have 30 seconds left, Um, yeah, Uh, but so Give us a uh, Bucola Show Me Day. Give us website and or websites to go to for more information about what we've been talking about, what you've been talking about. Yes. 
please, um, to learn more, go to innovant-tech.com. That's I-N-N-O-V-A-N-T-T-E-C-H.com. And you can access our online store from there. Great. Thanks so much for being on the show today. Lots of really good information. Thank you. I'm Catherine Zox, your social worker with a microphone, and you've been listening to The Catherine Zox Show. (laughs) 